0: Welcome to the second episode of Art of Touring. SisDog here, I am your host. I play in multiple ba- bands. I'm the lead singer of Smokestack Rhino. I moonlight with the Passouts. I do cover gigs with the seated duo and clone the radio. Uh, the occasional Pearl Jam tribute show. Solo gigs, duo gigs, trio gigs, weddings, acoustic gigs. Wherever I'm needed, I will go and sing. You have 300 bucks. I need someone to sing Flame Trees for your mum's 50th. I will be there with a guitar, a dodgy PA and a light show from the 90s. You know, snack lights. Remember those? I've got those. All right, this week on the podcast, I sat down with Rick Raleigh. Now, I've known Rick for almost 10 years. He's an accomplished guitar player and songwriter. He's performed all around Australia in many bands over the years. Uh, We talk about his upbringing in rural Victoria and how music shaped his life. Uh, we talk at length about his musical influences. It was great to sit down with Rick. Um, even though we're mates, uh, there are still some surprises in there for me in this conversation, um, which I'm sure you all enjoy. Now, a word from our sponsor. Art of Touring is proudly brought to you this week by AIR. Are you feeling out of breath? Finding it hard to breathe? <laughs> Then have we got the product for you? And guess what? It's free! It's called air! Take a deep breath and soak up the life sustaining elements in air. Want a different aroma to your air? Then just take yourself to the beach and take a deep breath. Your air will smell like the ocean mixed with seaweed. Air! Breathe it in! <laughs> Don't forget to listen to Art of Turing on SoundCloud, who hosts the show, and enable me to bring you this episode via iTunes. Go to soundcloud.com backslash artofturing and hit follow. All right, guys, here's the second episode. Give it a listen. Welcome to the Art of Turing podcast, episode two. I am sitting in uh, Sackville Street, the studio. What's the studio called again, Ricky Boy? Sound Cave, the Sound Cave in uh, Sackville Street, where I've uh, spent many a late nights with Ricky Boy, and he—he uh, he is our—is our guest for episode two, Rick Rally. How are you, dude? How are you? Yeah. Pretty good. What was your day yeah. like? The day was busy. That's all I'll say about it. So let's get stuck into it, mate. I've—I've I've, um, been wanting to ask you this for a long time, um, and that is, where did you grow up? Where are you from?
1: I'm from a town called Cardros, which is just outside of Red Cliffs, and it's in between Red Cliffs and Mildura, about 20 20 kilometres from Mildura.
0: Because I was taking the piss, because I knew you grew up in Mildura, but there you go, I didn't know the specifics. A little
1: tiny, tiny uh, town called Cardros. Red Cliffs and Cardross were war settlement towns that were um, founded in the early 20s by returned soldiers. Right so um i grew up there
0: and yeah. did you grow up um on a farm
1: on a farm yes a grape farm
0: a grape farm yeah, grapes
1: and grew other stuff yeah right like tomatoes and capskins and
0: whatever were there any whatever. musos in the family
1: none no i'm the only one the only
0: one the black sheep yeah something like that yeah right yeah. um but my, there are brothers in your family, so there? You've got some siblings. Yeah,
1: my my younger brother, he uh, he bought a guitar, or someone bought it. Might have been dad. Might have bought him a guitar, and he gave up on it pretty much straight away. And then I picked it up. <laughs> yeah. And that's where it sort of started.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And what about the bands that you listened to when you um when you were growing up?
1: Well, in our house, um, there was there wasn't a lot of rock and roll there was a lot of country music right um a lot of dolly parton charlie pride um mum was a big neil diamond fan um tom jones inglebert huppertink yeah um she was huge on those things dad was more of a um he liked like italian opera like mario lanza or i don't know if the word opera is the right word to use but he loved that but there was very, the coolest thing in our house was probably Johnny Cash. Right. Um, and Glenn Campbell, it because it had Wichita Lineman on there, which is, oh. and I've been listening to that, that was played in the house when I was really young, so, yeah, it's you know, to me that's probably, I don't know, I think it's one of the. Best pop songs ever written if not the best yeah you know so um that's a pretty good thing to listen to even though there's some dodgy stuff on those al- on that greatest hits album or whatever it was on but
0: yeah that was the yeah. standout
1: that was the standout song yeah and so yeah. that
0: was um you know when oh, you by ready- the time
1: we get to phoenix was on that too that's a oh song yes too. of course
0: yeah yeah amazing song hmm. um and so that was when you were growing up um, in the family. But what about when you got to school? What what was the your schoolmates listening to at that time? Well,
1: it was it in those in the in the mid seventies? It was ABBA. <laughs> I remember. I mean, <laughs> Bay City Rollers to a lesser extent. I, I never got into them, but my cousins certainly did. Sure. Um, you know my uh, you know my um, female cousins, they got into that stuff, but. The first record I ever bought was uh, was um, was Fernando by Abba, and and the, and the same day also up there kazali by Mike Brady. I the bought two those.
0: vinyl records.
1: Yeah, it must have been seventy six. So were singles. So that's the first thing uh, I ever bought. I
0: didn't think Fernando was an album title. I thought that was a, a single, was single title. Yeah, yeah right. Single, so. and how did you pay for it? Did you have a paper? Album? Oh,
1: mum, no, no, mum, <laughs> mum, mum bought it. I mean, uh, yeah, it's quite funny that that's the first one.
0: Abba and up there, Kazali. Yeah, have gotten two yeah. different, more cho- contrasting styles. No, if well, it's,
1: well, you know, we're all footy nuts, of course. Yeah, uh, right. As you would have been as well. Yeah, When you were younger, but um, oh, look, I mean, that was that was in the primary school years, but yeah, the thing that really, really turned me was I came to Melbourne to visit our cousins and um was staying in their house and in the mornings um you know the cartoons in the mornings there was the beatles cartoons oh and wow. i lost my mind like this probably would have been 1978 79.
0: so they actually had a cartoon series other than the yellow submarine movie
1: yeah, yeah but it's i thought for this years was before that yeah i thought for years it actually was the beatles but it wasn't they're actually well, the actual voice actors that's oh. the word, and but they're really great. But they played the Beatles song, so they'd have girls chasing him and all that kind right. of stuff. And then they'd integra- integrate these these songs of theirs. It's like real the, be- the actual Beatles the actual songs. Actual Beatles singing. Yeah, and they were really funny. And I lost my mind, and that yeah. was it. I was a Beatles nut after like, that. Well, oh. what a
0: perfect way to be introduced as a as a young person to that um, to that band is through cartoons. Well,
1: that's it. Yeah, and yeah. then just got absolutely stuck into that and then from then it was like but I I I can't really remember listening to to music the modern music at the time sure I I know I was a huge Beatles nut and then the Stones I got Mm. completely lost in the Stones and um, then the Easy Beats for some reason the Easy Beats the Loved Ones yeah as well just this 60s stuff even um uh the real thing by Russell Morris even that as well mm. like you know and um on the wings of an eagle especially but um yeah it was just weird it was I was just into 60s stuff you know
0: and were the uh, cousins much older than you when you moved down to melbourne or they your age
1: they they were my age but another lot of cousins who lived in Werribee. so this is where uh, so it would have been for, and of course and then AC/DC happened back in black and everyone at school was co-
0: oh I lost it
1: yeah this is in high school in 19- 1980 no, 80- oh no no 1980 right and back in black came out and that was the big huge album and of course mm. you know everyone loved it and you know and i bought that album but the funny thing was it was only, it was a couple of years later when my cousin my older cousin he came to visit us and you know, he must have been eighteen years old because he had a car and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but he took me, he took me to the drive-in to see Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh wow! Right, and and on the way there, he was listening to. Um, he put on this this thing that just freaked me out. It was this scratchy thing at the start that went. And then, hey, hey, mama said that we, and it was Um, black, and it was just exploded, that riff, and it was like, oh, my God, what the fuck is this? (laughs) (laughs) Just like. The the uh, game changer. Oh, totally. And then I was like, oh, my God, and I'm going, what's this? What? He goes, oh, it's Led Zeppelin. And I went, now, I'd heard of Led Zeppelin. Yes. And I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but. Um, I thought it was a guy's name, which, like Leo oh, right. Zeppelin or something. You know, at oh. school every time I heard the name, but so I didn't put it together. You're that it was Led Zeppelin. Yeah, name. but I've, I think I've told you the story where I've actually split up with a girl because I was looking at a Led Zeppelin mag. This is not that long ago, probably about twelve, thirteen years ago. Mm. And I was looking at a magazine, and, and it was on Led Zeppelin, and flicking through, and she looked at it, and she goes, "Oh, so." Which one is lead? <laughs> <laughs> I went anyway, That's it. That's it. And it was over the next it was day, over right? The next I couldn't day. deal with it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Crazy. You,
0: you haven't told me that story. Well, not, oh, no, that was a legitimate think, laugh. Yeah. Oh, she was a sweetheart, oh my but, gosh. I just, but it was just something I could. I think you with. made the right decision there, Rick. There's uh, no way you could have um, you know, really had yeah, much of a future yeah, with a person yeah, that yeah. thought that was the first name of of one of the band, members. yeah, that
1: was pretty, pretty weird. But the thing is, yeah. that night, because you know certain things stick in your mind, you know. um But that night was also the first night I ever saw boobs. Right. because <laughs> of fast oh, times. times there's what, boobs what, in what's it. What's that chick's name? The, uh, the actress in it. Um,
0: oh, no, I don't. I don't. I've. i Can I show? Yeah. Be, be embarrassing. I because Sean Penn's seen in the it. film, Right,
1: you right, Sean Penn's in it. Okay, right, and. um Oh, she was in a, well, a Tarantino film recently, but anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so that's, you know, but also in that film, mm. Kashmir. Right,
0: right? And okay. it was just so like you've hit t- two Led Zeppelin yeah, songs in the one day.
1: Yeah, and it was just like, what the hell? And of course, then it was all over. It and what, how old compl-
0: were you? Because he was 18 and you would have been, uh, what, like 14 or something?
1: I would have been, no, no, I would have been younger, probably about 13. Right. So, um yeah, 12, 13, mm. something like that.
0: So, year seven, year eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So, it was like, a, yeah it was just a huge deal. It was yeah. huge. And then, of course, I went to school and said, oh, my God, I've discovered this band called Led Zeppelin. Everyone's looking at me really weird. Like,
0: <laughs> like yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, that's what we've been paying in the wood shop for the <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. What
0: do you think we've been playing?
1: All I had was the buzzing. Bzz, you know, I didn't zero in on the music that they were playing. But anyway, um, yeah. So yeah, and then from then, from there on, it connected to Deep Purple. Yeah. You know, then all the dots started. Yeah, and then oh yeah, of course, Deep Purple, those kind of bands, um, UFO, oh, MC5 as well. You big? Fan no, no, that was like a little bit later on. Okay. Um, I started getting into that stuff, that and the Stooges. And then a funny period with um, with the Ramones, who I never got yes. until one time. It just something snapped in my brain when I heard one of their songs, and it just went, "Oh my god, I get it!" Yeah, and, you know, and I became a huge Ramones fan. Um, oh, so, a lot of bands, like heaps. Iron Maiden, of course, that was that was the thing too. When we were yeah. growing up, the mod, the metal bands of the time. Um,
0: and so you did touch on like when there was an instrument in, in the house when you were growing up, um, and then obviously you, you're in Year Seven Eight, you're listening to all this music. It's blowing your mind. Uh, at what point um, in your teenagehood did you really start taking your guitar playing seriously?
1: Uh, so, I, I specifically I remember there was um, I. I walked into a Kmart and was flicking through the records, and there was this really, really cool cover of like a um. I've got it in here somewhere, but it looked like a postcard that had sort of been crumbled away and all this stuff, and you could see this photo sort of of these really weird looking dudes, right? Yes. And it was free. The band free, okay. and I'd. I'd never even. I just bought it because it looked like a really cool cover, and I bought it at home, and it was like the greatest thing. It was the best of free, and it was an Australian only release. So, but anyway, um, that was astounding because it had really simple songs mm. like those riffs, like All Right Now, Wishing Well, Miss right Big, now. yeah, yeah. That that yeah, those songs, and you could you could sort of work that out. You could sort of sit there and play chords and work it out, ah. but. I didn't actually start playing guitar first. I started playing bass with our mutual friend, Andre Warhurst.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And in the band, we started in high school. So I was was, playing...
0: Oh, yeah, okay. Well, that was actually one of my next questions. What what was the band called in high school?
1: The Expelled.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. I love high school band names. Always just just brilliantly you know immature and and um, oh, awesome at the same time yeah
1: yeah, well, yeah yeah were any
0: of you ever got expelled or no 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 when no, you guys no, were too no, good no, yeah I yeah. was, was
1: a good guy it was a kid, good name, good though. um yeah it was a good name and you know we played in the so you played you know,
0: bass and what did andre play he was
1: played guitar and then yep. our friend gavin fenu who was a great drummer yes also our memory of him is that he was a great drummer still yes. in our minds even though we haven't seen him in like 30 years yeah <laughs> he was
0: like us, he had the timing he
1: was like the greatest you know the bee's knees as far as the drummer goes yeah. and everyone we've ever played with since always has to compare to him well <laughs> for me anyway I'm,
0: <laughs> you know even though i can't
1: remember how he played memory
0: like that guy was <laughs> so good yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah but um was there a singer
1: Andre Sang, Andre Sang and yeah, play guitar, and right? Play guitar. So, so it was just yeah.
0: a three piece. It's a three piece band spelled And did yeah. you write your own tunes, or you just kind of playing?
1: We, we wrote one song. Yes. And it was cool. It was a guy in our class who was uh, legally blind, and um, <laughs> <laughs> he could see, like he could see. Had yeah, these really thick. Oh, this is a terrible saying this, but really thick glasses. Yeah. His name was Denzel, and we wrote a song called Denzel, <laughs> just after <laughs> him. Denzel after him because he. We used to go on school trips and he would fuck up <laughs> <laughs> that was And we'd all suffer for it. So, uh, oh,
0: Denzel, yeah, Denzel. Do you have a recording of that in your room? No, it's
1: gone. I still remember the riff, you know.
0: But you've got the riff,
1: and years later, I realized it's cocaine
0: (laughs) (laughs) subconsciously just playing cocaine. Oh, this is really good, boys. Yeah,
1: well, that was the see, that's Uh, the other things we were listening to at the time, too. Was really stuff like that. JJ Cole. Andre went more into the blues thing than i did I, I was a i was a full-on metalhead and you know but not just then later on i got into prog rock bands like king crimson and yes and genesis and Rush, yeah, early genesis and rush of course yes yeah rush was at the same time sort of came in the same time as deep purple yeah and ufo and those kind of bands so that was yeah. you know that was the thing and then slowly and surely it started all the other stuff like blue Cheer. The MC5, the Stooges, you know, those kind of bands. Yes. And, um, you know, we were like, uh, you know, what's the word? Proto-punk, you know. Um,
0: Yeah, we're getting into some pretty serious genres now.
1: Yeah, and that kind of stuff. But I always still loved, you know, like, uh, you know, the softer stuff, you know. I I, I loved Bread, the band Bread. Oh, man, yeah. See,
0: now, Ricky Boy, I have to tell our listeners, obviously, we've known each other for over 10 years, and um, I've spent a lot of time um, at your place listening to music and watching movies and and, generally having a good time. Uh, And a lot of those good memories that I've shared with you is is a lot of time when you've introduced me to bands that I've never heard of. And so, like, there's one of them um, right there, Bread. I'd never really... I've probably known some of their songs, but when you said, oh, you should get this album, The Best of Bread, and, you know, I eventually did um, get it. It's one of my favourite albums. Um, My wife absolutely loves it as well. Um, And also Rush, you know, without you going, oh, I should check out this Mm. band, I would never have even... You know, heard of them because I mean, they've never even toured Australia. You know, yeah. But um, yeah, there you go, man. Well, I
1: mean, there's uh, there was other things too. I mean, there was other things on the side. There was also BGS, the early BGS.
0: Yeah, right. Which is
1: just beautiful, beautiful, amazing songs, and you know that uh, big star was a big thing, which was not a very well-known band, but very yeah. influential. Um, but the and then the big probably one of the biggest things for me was Neil Young you know like oh yeah, yeah i remember yeah that was that was probably that was probably in the late 80s early 90s when i just went head over heels it was just this dude has this, got it just going. amazing yeah, yeah and it's just affected everything you know
0: yeah what uh, about um the beach boys
1: oh yeah look the beach that was later right but um yeah just because i get obsessed with with bands so I yeah You know, I mean, we haven't even talked about Kiss, for God's sake. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, right. (laughs) That's another whole podcast. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's like, um, you know, I just get obsessed with bands. So when I get into a band, I hunt, I source, I completely go insane and try to find everything they ever recorded, even the bad shit. Yes. You know, and then um, make up my mind from there. But yeah, I mean, that happened with the Beach Boys. Um. You know, early Genesis, which which was a big thing for me, you know, like Phil Collins being mm. just an astounding drummer, you know, where people sort of think of him as a pop artist, but people don't realise. And when Peter Gabriel was in the band, I mean, there's another guy, Peter Gabriel as well. But Yeah, that
0: album, So, I yeah. did have that when I was a kid, and like Sledgehammer and, and everything yeah. on that. Us, um, unbelievable. Yeah, I was a huge fan of that. But yeah,
1: with the early Genesis when they were a prog band and, um, you know, like, those timing signatures they were doing. And, yes. and the only guy on the planet who could make that stuff groove, well, I thought, I think, no one could do it like he does. Like, Phil Collins is just extraordinary. He was an extraordinary drummer. Mm. So, you know, It's pretty sad what I hear what's happened now. He can't play anymore.
0: Is that right?
1: Yeah, he's, he's something to do with his arm, with his hands. Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's sad. Yeah. But... Um, getting back onto the Beach Boys, I was actually listening to... Um, your solo record permanently on the verge on the way here in the car and um there's a track on it called talking her round and uh when when the track first kicks in there's um got to be at least 15 to 20 vocals all kind of in a huge chorus you know really kind of coming in and i was like well this this really reminds me of um god only god only knows because that song has got so many, you know, layered vocals and layered guitars yeah. and just listening to it going, oh man, it, there, definitely I can hear that influences in there. Is is that accurate?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially with that one. Um, yeah, I mean... Look, the- I tended to go a bit overboard with the vocal tracks, you know. It was like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember when I'd come in, you like, check this out, Dave, mate. I'd like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like, guitar, how many
1: guitars are on this one? It's got to 30 guitar tracks on it. Yeah, but the thing was, I wasn't joking. It really did. It
0: really did, yeah. And when you listen to it, you're just like, wow, that is like a wall of sound, you know. Well,
1: when Renny and I started working together, that's because, to in my mind, those two albums, Permanent on the Verge and Song People, the album I did with Rainy. yes, the Rick and Rainy album, but they're pretty much the same time for me because they came straight after each other, right. But um, the best thing with Rainy was is that she just doesn't deal with bullshit. So, you know, it was like, no, that's too much, you know, and I was like, well, and that was great, and that would kind of
0: rain you in a little I, bit,
1: totally rain me in, and yeah. um, you know, and. And because we had to sing together and we were like trading off each other and then doing harmonies and stuff, Mm. it was all pretty set out. And her insistence on which was real, which is really great, and I still do it now to this day is that instead of doubling the vocal on the verses, I tend to leave it bare and then I'll double stuff when the the hooks come in or the choruses and yeah, and all that kind of stuff.
0: So that's more about like the recording, but I did want to ask you how, like, is there. A specific way that you attack like actually writing a piece of music or is it different every time
1: well with the stuff with rainy like we're not talking you know like um when I was in the heavy heavy bands it's sure. all about riffs you know okay but this is a whole different thing so it's about chord progressions yes so that's my that's the distinction that's how I put it in my that's how I think of it is that okay Heavy, heavy stuff track, yeah. with done with mirrors and through to china and um those bands when I was in it was all I was writing riffs yes. right and which had to be hooks but with when I did the solo record and with Irene that stuff it's chord progressions like which mm. is really thinking about what what the bg's did um yeah. the beach boys I'm not even trying to put myself in that category, but you get where I'm going. No, um, you can hear the Beatles, the yeah, all, yeah, of course. yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, but so that's where that's that's where that stuff comes from, you know. Yes. And a lot of it's, you know, it's it's very melody based so you know mm. it's not someone screaming over the top of it so
0: and do you find yeah. <laughs> um that once you've got the chord progression do you instantly like hear a melody in your head or sometimes the lyrics come first and then the melody or oh, It can
1: happen anyway as you know You're sure. yourself It can have it happen in any way you can hear you can be walking down the street and you'll you'll swear to god you hear a melody like someone talking and there's like a melody in there and you'll grab your phone, or in the old days you rush back home and get the tape recorder. Or, yeah. <laughs> you know, or you get an idea. Yes. You know, and or you've been working on something and then all of a sudden you can you can hear a melody over the top of it. Yeah, know. right. Or a melody and then you try to work out the chords underneath what What, what it, what what it is. was, yeah. Yeah, like to make yeah, it see, work. Yeah,
0: I, see, I have a thing where if I'm trying to get to sleep, <clears> sometimes <throat> I'll hear a song in my head And then I'll have to get up no matter what time of night it is and try and ride it, you know, in in the corner, you know, of the room somewhere nice and quiet, not to disturb anybody. Because I know in the morning I won't be able to hear, I won't be able to remember it otherwise, Mm. you know. Um, So there you go. Um, So once you'd um, finished up with uh, the expelled, um, in your teenage years, you did say that you were in a band called... Well, well what was next? Was it Through to China next? Or no, there's, there
1: no, it was a, a band called Stone Motherless. And What um, was it called? Stone Motherless. Okay. Yeah, so... Um, and
0: that was dudes at uni or...?
1: No, no, that was all guys from Mildura. Um, so we were a five-piece. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, two guitars, uh, bass, drums, singer. Um, Pat... Uh, Pat was our singer, um, Pat Davitt. Yeah, he's a great singer. Um, we later changed our name to Through to China, but right. that that version of that band, we we actually were signed to Ruart Records. But I mean, it was a long road there. We did a lot of touring um, with bands like the Screaming Jets, the Poor, um, those kind of you know those kind of bands. Yes, uh, up around mainly around the east coast of Australia and down. This yeah.
0: was um. So, like, you were in your 20s?
1: Yes, in my early 20s. Yeah. Um, so, we're extremely, extremely loud band, you know. Right. Very Im- influenced by, you know, I mean, let's see, this is what I mean. We could talk about all day about influences, but, you know, yeah. I haven't even mentioned, oh, you know, God, Rose Tattoo.
0: Right. You
1: know, like, you know, that, okay, they were sort of a boogie band, but, they had like this punk attitude. And, sure. Yeah, and the loudest goddamn thing you would ever. I actually saw them in 1999 when they reformed the original lineup. Yes. With Mick Cox, and um, Digger wasn't with them, the drummer, because he died of cancer. Oh. But um, so they had a replacement drummer. But I saw them, and that was that's still the and I've seen a lot of loud bands. That's still the loudest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And. You know?
0: Well, they kind of wear that on their sleeve, don't they? Like a badge of honour, like they are the world's loudest band. Well, that's band. it. And that
1: version of the band. I, right. I've, I've, I haven't seen the newer version. I'm no. not really interested. But I, Well, I did but,
0: see them supporting Guns N' Roses. I think at least twice I've seen them support yeah. Guns N' Roses. And both times they were <laughs> louder than Gunners. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. yeah, but
1: that version, that first album from that's 78, their the first album, the, yeah. the self-titled album... The one we're we're, on the front. Yeah, Astra Astra Wally's on there. Um,
0: Actually, I was at the Crown Casino yeah. last weekend and there's a rose tattoo pokey machine. Is there? <laughs> yes. All right. You heard, you heard
1: the stories about when they toured the United States with. Um, I know you want to get into my touring story. No, but, no, I'd love to it. hear that as well. Um, they when they toured the United States, I think they were with ZZ Top and Aerosmith and all that stuff. And actually crowds thought that the tattoos were like like kiss, like makeup. That That really? was that was just a stage thing they did.
0: That was part yeah. of their look, like, yeah. oh, they're not real. Yeah,
1: they're not real. And of course, you know, they they really were. They real... were, of course, yeah. That <laughs> yeah. was and, their whole vibe. And everything that went with it, you know.
0: Well, because you have to remember back then that tattoos were not as... Um, as popular or, or as, as common yeah. as they are now. Now, right. you walk down the street, there's someone with a tattoo. Yeah. But back then, it wasn't as common. Well,
1: you know, and that, they were very individual, too, because they had the slide guitar as well. And you The know, slide guitar? Yeah, well, what was the, th- the three Albert bands? You know, ACDC, um, The Angels, and Them. Yes. And, you know, they really had their own... And
0: uh, What do you mean by Albert bands? Uh, the Alberts,
1: the, the, the uh, publishing company Alberts. They were... Or record company. Um, oh, so ACDC were on that label. Yes, the Angels. Um, yeah, and Rose Tattoo. Yes. Um, but it was like, um, you know, they had they totally had their own thing. I'm not saying they should have been as big as ACDC because that's that wouldn't have happened. But they should yeah. have been a lot bigger. Mm. And I think they had a lot of drug drug problems and stuff when they toured Europe. And Mick Cox left the band, and it was never the same after that. After the second record. And yeah, right. sold and Battery, I, I think. Sold from battery, but yeah,
0: oh, that's sad, man. So, um, you're in your 20s and you're touring with the Screaming Jets. Um, was that a, a, their headlining tour and you were supporting them? Yeah, and it's
1: always packages like there would be, um, you know, like two or three bands, like you know, that would be pl- playing with them. You know, back in the early 90s, I mean, you're know, probably a bit too young to remember that stuff, but that's how sort of I mean, it's still done like that, but that's yeah. how, basically how it was like they, the headline band would be Screaming Jets or it would be the Baby Animals and there'd be like three or four other bands that would play beforehand you know like they It'd be like this package that would travel around
0: right so yeah. no that isn't as common now because usually now the band wherever they are they would just get a, a local support act and wouldn't bother traveling with the support bands but that's yeah. actually what they did that's in what the 90s. they did yeah yeah wow yeah. wow. i wish they would do that now because yeah. there would yeah. be a lot more work for a lot more um touring musicians yeah, if that was the case so
1: it was a big night like if a band came to town like you know like there'd be you know, there'd be four acts you'd be seeing, three yes. or four acts, and everyone three. would be there for at all least the three. Acts. Yeah, well, that's it. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but I mean, that places used to close a bit later, so.
0: You know, oh, uh, yeah, what, since the pokies and yeah. everything, yeah. Well, that's it. and the liquor licences, different whole different thing different now. Different vibe but, now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. And so when you were touring with, um, well, so who were the other bands you said that those guys you got to tour with? It was the Screaming Jets. Was the, the Baby Animals as well?
1: No, not never the Baby Animals. No. Um, uh, the Poor.
0: The Poor. You now, remember them? They had that.: I don't single. know that band.
1: Yeah, they had a single called More Wine Waiter, Please. They, okay. used, to tour, they used to tour with ACDC a lot. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so um, they used to open the stadiums for them and stuff. I saw them. I was like, oh my God, I used to play with these guys like yeah. when the ACDC toured. I think it was 96 I saw them on that tour and they were the support band. Yes. So, um, yeah, but um, yeah, it was the, that and we were very loud, like extremely, insanely loud. Through to China? Oh No, not through to China. Uh, this was Stone Motherless. Oh, Stone Motherless. Yeah, still. and yeah, we yeah. live, so we did a stint in Sydney for a while. We lived in Sydney.
0: Actually lived up there. Yeah, we lived
1: there. So um, Far out. Yeah, and um, just played shows around there and all that stuff.
0: Well, because that would have been when Sydney still had... What was that really famous pub that closed down? You would have played there, most likely.
1: Um, Well, we played Salinas a couple of times. I don't know if that's what you're talking about. That's a big place, though. Yeah. Um,
0: No, I don't remember it. uh Um, Yeah, right on. And so how long were you in Sydney for?
1: Probably about nearly a year, yeah Yeah, nearly a year we were based
0: there but and you would go around and tour with yeah and then come back
1: home and and you know visit the family or whatever and then go back but um yeah yeah i mean it was pretty tough it was a tough slog you know um
0: and you had uh, a young family at that time yes i did and that would have been difficult i mean how did you swing that with your missus like hey, i'm gonna go live in sydney for a year (laughs) <laughs>
1: well, I promised I wouldn't cheat on it, which I never did, you know, honestly. But uh, you know, can't say the same for the other dudes. But
0: yeah, right. I <laughs> was on the road stage, even like? though I
1: never did it. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I still got accused of it a lot. But um, yeah. look, that's the touring thing, you know. But we're not here to talk about that kind of stuff. But um, no, no. But still, yeah. that
0: that would have been a pretty big stress on the for your family yeah, at that time. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because yeah. you had kids at that stage as yeah. well. Yeah. And- yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. um and so you you moved back home to melbourne um stone motherless and no, uh, we
1: went back to muldura oh yeah we um so we sort of licked our wounds when um when ruart didn't take us up on um recording an album okay and um so that was a we we went in and we did a whole heap of demos
0: Oh, was that like a, a promise that if you move up to Sydney, we'll get you the deal and we'll call you and that's that didn't right. Happen? That's right. We did. Oh, we did. did we
1: did do demos. We did. Um, you know, we we did we did a lot of sort of pre production work. Yeah. But it never really happened. I mean, look, that all that stuff was like we used later on. So yeah. When um and then we changed our name to Through to China and we moved to Melbourne.
0: And what um the name change?
1: Oh, I heard someone say, I heard someone. Oh, I, think, well, I can't remember where I was, but I was walking past. I think it might have been some working men, and and one dude was digging with a shovel, and someone said, "Uh, Jeez, what are you trying to <laughs> trying to go through to China?" What a <laughs> a good name. It's a good name. Yeah. So you know, so we came here, we did that, we, and then um, we came to Melbourne. We moved to Melbourne, and uh, you know, just did what every other band did. Just you know tried to get gigs all that kind of stuff we were extremely loud i mean look in those days yeah the loud bands were pre- pretty much it was okay to be loud you can't do it now of course sure, not, it's not, not like it used to be unless it depends what kind of music you play of course yeah yeah but
0: did you get to play the punters club
1: no i got to play that later on in a weird way which i'll get into in a bit but um but uh the evelyn um yes. we played the cat house where was the Cat House? Um, the Cat House was the the palace that burnt down in St Kilda. Yes. That used to be the heavy metal thing. And the, and the thing was, too... It used too, to be called the Cat House. Yeah, the Cat House. That's where oh, all the heavy bands yeah. would play, and then they'd have the club in there, I think. Well, um, I
0: think I only went... I went to the palace once before it burnt down um, to see... Uh, well, I know Faith No More played there. Yeah, I think it was to see Faith No More. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, okay, so yeah, you played there.
1: Yeah, we played there, and it's, for me, it was, it was funny seeing um, all the metal bands, just how, you know, like, um, I don't know if you've had the experience when you go see a heavy metal band, and yeah. they're not really that loud. <laughs> 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 they're not running their amps flat out. They've got their distortion pedals, and their you know, the PA's doing all the work. Sure. With us it was the
0: amp was doing all the yeah,
1: work yeah it was physically it was a physically loud thing right you which felt like you were assaulted well that's i mean that's where all the tinnitus comes into it and all that kind of stuff you know doing yeah. insane things like checking guitar tone bending down and having a listen you know which is pretty oh, stupid man, yeah. but you know look you know i'm i'm sure you've got a bit of tinnitus i uh, do you know? yeah, yeah the first time it creeps in it drives you insane cuz uh, yeah uh,
0: well i copped it uh, in a strange way because when i was a kid my um, my brother had, had had got his hands on some firecrackers, and um, we lit one set of them off, and the fuse just slowly went to the to the firecracker, and then it blew up, and blah 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 blah, and it was fine. We ran away, and it it was fine. Yeah. So we're like, oh sweet, we'll do it again with the next lot, and the next lot that we lit, for some reason, the fuse just went straight to the firecracker, and it just went bang like right in my in my right ear, and I um immediately you know it was quite painful straight away yeah. afterwards but then for about 3 or 4 weeks um i would just get this crescendo of uh, yeah. coming creeping in and out of my ear and yeah, i thought the my kettle, ear was going stuck alive. The kettle going off in your kettle going off in your head exactly eventually yeah. it went away yeah. um but it was pretty scary but um yeah but now it's more i'm i'm i can notice tinnitus more uh, after a gig when i'm going to sleep yeah
1: well, well, that's, that's nice it. I try. have to have music on like really low or something, yeah, so, so I can take my mind off it to get to sleep. But mm. I mean, you know, it's, it's not a new story. All muse sort of go through it, um, yeah, of course, in loud bands. But I mean, that's the the thing that's behind you there. Did the damage? The stack. <laughs> that's, what that, am I? That's that's at? the oh, actual. Oh man, that
0: thing looks like it's been through a terrible
1: experience. Yeah, well, that's the thing that we used to tour with. I still have all that. So uh, the Marshall hundred watt head you know the JMP the JMP master volume
0: and the and the quad box which two quad boxes the stack so uh, so the one underneath it I, we can't see because there's other amps in front of it um but it, it's also a Marshall that's a Marshall yeah so that the yeah they're, it's just the slant box on
1: top and the and the bass box but I had played at the Evelyn I remember we well, I played with four quad boxes and two heads yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> at the Evelyn the Evelyn is a not a big club It fit maybe 200 people yeah max. But there's also
1: a bit of a story to that one it was really just the stack it was just like jumbled around and that one of the heads wasn't turned on it and one of the t- one of the, two of the boxes weren't going but <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, okay it was more yeah, for, for the, the look, look the ACDC wall of yeah, like, yeah, amps and yeah. everything but yeah. still was
1: a stack though it was a genuine stack no right? doubt yes yeah, no, so, no uh,
0: doubt Oh man, well we should touch on while we we are in the studio. We we have um a lot of uh rock and roll memorabilia um, adorning the walls here. Can you tell me about this um Kiss? I've never seen him before. What is that little Kiss bubblehead? That's Ace Frehley. And where did you That's get him Freely. from? I had that for a long
1: time, a long long time, maybe back in the 80s yeah because it does uh,
0: it's not very big like the big bubble yeah. heads these days it's it's quite small yeah um, I mean those those guys were the kings of merchandise weren't they
1: I'm, I love Ace Frehley I mean I'm not such a I can't stand Gene Simmons I think he's he's sort of ruined that band for me but yeah, um right. yeah I mean that's silly to say that you know and we're looking over here and I see Black Sabbath which we haven't even even touched upon just nah.
0: how we <laughs> my life yeah Black well, Sabbath
1: God, go on forever about bands. I mean, what? Yeah. What's up there? Led Zeppelin, Big Star, The Who. Oh, well, oh man. God, well we have to stop there because you know.
0: <laughs> That's where it'll 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 all land Oh, uh, right?
1: The Who to me is probably as important as Led Zeppelin you know but uh yeah it's crazy crazy we haven't even mentioned the. Hurt.
0: and and there's two yeah. huge posters here of Pink Floyd and, and we Pink didn't even Floyd. notice Pink Floyd well, yeah, that's what I mean so and that's what yeah, you said before you totally obsess over a band yes. and because there's so many of right. you know so much great music yeah, out there that's
1: right Pink course. Floyd just obsessed with them for years yeah. um you know there was a point there where that's all I listened to and I realised my like, I don't suffer from depression, but I tell you, there was a period there (laughs) where it crept in and it was like listening to Pink Floyd for like continuously for eight or nine months will bring you down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you didn't listen to Pink Floyd to bring you out of depression. Listening to Pink oh, Floyd depressed you.
1: Like, it, it's such depressing music. Really? And then the funny thing is you can listen to Beach Boys and you can, it's it's impossible to be, to be depressed listening to that. No, you <laughs> can't. Even though it's some of it's absolutely gorgeous and beautiful, but you're, yeah. you're, you're a whole, its a whole different kind of emotion, man. See, like, and then the happiest, earlier stuff, like you know, I get around and all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, and California girls. And...
0: Yes, I mean, because the the one Pink Floyd album that I've listened to the most um, would be Dark Side of the Moon, and, well, that's it.
1: and Wish You Were Here for me. Um, right, both those those two records. Those. I'm not a huge fan of The Wall although I really love uh, Comfortably Numb so, that's a um, great song yeah and a few other things on there but yeah. for me those two records mm. um, you know um, oh god you know, and The Who of course Who's Next which is one of the greatest records I think yeah amazing you know, changed amazing. everything and being you know being the loudest band in the world there for a long time, you know, as well, along with Motorhead. There's another band I was into, you yeah. know, Metallica. Metallica. The earlier Metallica stuff, when Master of Puppets and Ride the Lightning, it was huge on me as a mm. kid. Mm. You know, there's a lot of bands you know go into and you know, but you know, you know, you know what? There's a guy. There's a guy I'm working with at the moment. He introduced me to a band called Leafhound.
0: Who Leaf I'd can't. never heard of. No, I never have either.
1: Well, they were early 70s band. Oh, right. Yeah, and um, they just put one record out, and it's like stoner sort of rock. And they're very influential, apparently, on the stoner rock bands. But mm. I'd never heard them, and I bought the album, and it's fantastic. And apparently, um, a, a, a vinyl copy of that record is the most collectible uh, um, record on the planet. Wow. Yeah, um, Say so q magazine was saying so i was wikipediaing it and yeah, I read yeah. it. it's like eight thousand dollars or oh. eight thousand pounds oh gosh for, if you were to find one of those if you found one of those yeah so. well i just go, got digitally of course but um yeah. yeah
0: hey now just thinking about all the bands that you've played in over your, your career as a musician is there one show that stands out as like the best like that gig you just come back to it in your mind like, oh, what, what an amazing performance, whether it was the audience that, you know, was giving you a lot of energy or, or maybe you were really happy with um, your performance. You know, is is there one, <clears throat> you know, and it could have been just uh, two, like, two people in a pub or it could have been a lot Look, of people.
1: I think uh, anyone who would know the answer to that, it's you. You played with me for a while. I was, did. Was I ever happy with anything we <laughs> ever did? <laughs> Fantastic. I wouldn't have noticed.
0: <laughs> so there could have been the, the greatest gig you've ever done and you were so upset you just stormed not, off. And...
1: Not upset, just... You're uh, too much of a perfectionist. Yeah, exactly. So, no, I don't look at it like that. I just uh, think of it as... Uh, yeah, you know, I got through it. Yeah, it was okay, but I'll always remember all the stuff that went wrong. So
0: Yeah, right. Well, what yeah. about your worst gig?
1: Oh, there's heaps of those. Um, yeah. When... I do remember when uh, Stone Motherless were playing a gig in Mildura at the Settlers Club. It wasn't actually a gig; it was a Muse's club meeting, right? Ah. And um, we decided to go to it. We went to a couple. And we thought, oh, we can we can blow the we can blow this place, you know. <laughs> It's you're so loud. So what I did was I bought a cheap guitar, or I think I might have already had one already. Ah, I know where this is going. we set up and, you know, we talked to the guys about playing a couple of songs with the organisers and, yeah, yeah, no worries. And we started to wheel in our equipment. <laughs> <laughs> and the looks on their faces were like they were worried and they so they should have been. <laughs> <laughs> so... We proceeded to set up, and then we played, and it we were blistering loud. And I ended it with, uh, sort of sneakily swapping guitars. I wouldn't have done it with my Les Paul, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and smashing the guitar right <laughs> to smithereens. Just right at right at the end while we're doing the big. You know, the big... Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And smashing the guitar. The big finale. And then we went... Ah, bang! Stop. Yes. And there was total silence.
0: <laughs> they weren't into it.
1: And completely bewildered looks on their faces. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know, man. I reckon that's the best gig, totally. Yeah. That, that uh, sounds like the best gig, not the worst. T- there, would have been,
1: there would have been 60, 70 people in there. Oh, and wow. No one said a word. No one. No one even talked to us afterwards.
0: Jeez. <laughs> they didn't get it. No, they didn't get it. Not at all. Well,
1: they were used to having people go up there with acoustic guitars and singing country songs. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that's the kind of thing that we used to It was a country muso's club. So oh, right. Big so country, it'd be like going to country the Country town, Women's
0: country. Association on a Sunday afternoon and, and not having scones with cream exactly. going and then playing exactly. rock and exactly. roll. Yeah. Okay, now that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, oh, yeah. my goodness.
1: Yeah, it's sort of crazy, but. Yeah.
0: Now, you did yeah. touch on um, an old high school friend of yours, Andre um, Warhurst, who plays in, um, well, he's played in a lot of bands over the years, Spoonful, Great guitar player, great amazing. music. Amazing, yeah. yeah. Um, we'd love to have him on the show one yeah. day. Um, and his brother Kit um, Warhurst plays in a band called Rocket Science, and I'm pretty sure you were a guitar tech for them for a while.
1: I was a guitar tech, so that's really my only experience in touring overseas. Okay. So, you know, it was with those guys. And but, where, did, um,
0: where did you guys, where did you go with those guys?
1: Well, England. My part of it was just England, so um, which was great, you know, and Kit, Kitty Boy is one of my best friends, and I was living with Roman at the time, you know, and um, a great 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 rock band you know like really and happening at the time and it's such a pity that didn't happen but they it didn't happen for them i mean they certainly got a vibe going you know yeah and they they did make four records you know so that's that's an achievement in itself you know and they're all great records yeah um you know um great guys great band really really loud really you know like so powerful you know Paul's a great guitar player, or he's a great guitar player. Dave, fantastic bass player. Mm. All, all those guys have got something musically, which is, you know, they they're all really intelligent musicians. Just great musicians. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. They yeah, all yeah. of them, you know. Yeah. You know, and um, that combination. And actually. out of the box thinking too. So, which is something you know, I don't do much out of the box stuff. So. <laughs>
0: You know, Out-of-the-box stuff, like what do you mean?
1: Like just thinking in a different oh, way. Oh, think
0: outside the square. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, and... Um, so you think you know, the song's
0: going to go one way and then they take it the other way. and.
1: Well, that's it. I mean, and also, you've got to think too, Kit Warhurst is in that band and he's he's a fantastic guitar player. I mean, when he played with Spoonfall, he was a, one of the best guitar players I'd ever seen. Like yeah, he see, a rhythm that guitar, always blows my mind. And he plays so drums in that band him. and yeah. he is one of the best drummers you could... You could you, you know, just a great drummer, just a yeah. great musician, you know? Yeah, very good. And, um, just like Andre, Andre's, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah the family has yeah. certainly got, oh, um, the lines. Insanely shared. talented. Yeah.
1: You know, great guitar player, great And singer, so what was your a actual,
0: um, role in Rocket Science, yeah. as the guitar tech, what would you have to do, like, um, would you hand them the guitars, like were there a lot of tunings on tour, that you had to like, keep on top no. of? All or? standard tuning. All Paul. standard tuning. Paul was
1: a total standard tuning yeah. dude, you know, um, Dave as well, all standard tuning. Um, so there was nothing weird there. I just changed the strings, you know, and um, they liked the way I changed the strings because the guitars didn't get out of tune. Yeah. So, um, you know. And was um,
0: it were they like would play just the one guitar for the entire set, or like they'd have specific guitars? Paul, for a Paul specific mainly song? stuck to
1: it. at the time he was playing an SG, right? Um, a P Townsend model um, with the hard tail piece. Um, he was playing that and he also on that tour on those couple of tours i did he was also had a strat with a telecaster neck on it oh. memory of it yeah which was pretty good so that was his lucky like, second guitar but he was mainly just using the sg right and um his martial head and uh and his quad martial quad box you know yeah yeah
0: because um... i do remember a story and i'm not sure if this is true or not but I remember a story you were telling me years ago that um, there was at one point um, the guys were doing a, a guitar solo um, to a festival audience, and uh, you were actually in the background, actually playing the guitar solo, and everyone thought no, that they uh, were playing. Okay,
1: so no, that's Black Rose. So uh, Rosso, yeah, you know, Tim oh, Tim Ross. Yes, his band with Kit playing drums that's was, why so I thought it was those up. guys okay so I did that a few times that was hilarious that was a, so my part of that was I was the stunt guitar player so <laughs> okay. so there was um, um, Carpsy who was the guitar player look uh, you have to you sort of have to see what Black Rose is about to know what we're talking about but they were like a a Spinal Tapish kind of band band right? yeah but yeah. an Oz Rock version of Oz it. Rock version yeah and uh, Carpsy He's a lovely, lovely guy in real, real life, but his character is quite a weirdo. <laughs> he's, um, he's, known, he's known as the rock and roll's only virgin. <laughs> <laughs> but he does weird things like when he's playing, he will lick his fingers and rub his nipples. You know? <laughs> oh, <laughs>
2: just, Cubs, what a character. Oh,
1: my God, just oh. Oh, the funniest thing in the world. But my part of that show was... Yes. What I would do was they would be playing a song and he would go for his guitar solo and I would be backstage with my own amp set up and I would rip a couple of guitar solos, yes. really furious ones. furious ones, and he'd lift his hands off the guitar <laughs> and do these like wizard things at the neck, you know, and and it would be playing, you know, but yeah, I'd be out magically. there, yeah, and he'd, and I would be the one doing the doing the yeah the the solos. solo. Yeah, I did that a whole heap of times. Once in Sydney, and um, yeah. yeah, a few times here in Melbourne. It was great.
0: And was were those? Fun. They were at festivals, surely, because they they did do some festivals that band. That wasn't just that. Not
1: not what. Oh, I don't think they did festivals, but I certainly didn't do festivals. I know Oh, was, okay. Yeah, there was, it was more the, just
0: like, like big clubs. Yeah, that's yeah, right.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and the punters. That's how I played. That's what I was getting to before. That's how I, uh, the punters club, that's how I played that. And it wasn't that before it closed, too, because I always wanted to play there.
0: Oh, you were going to say, yeah. So what so, was the story there? So that was the story. You got to do that I got gig. To, I got to play there, but not really. Right. <laughs> Get what I mean? Yeah, you were yeah. kind of playing, but no one knew that you were playing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what were those? No, I'm good, thank you. Um, oh well, there you go. Well, yeah. I mean, I never got to play there, man. It closed down before. I think it closed down when I was around 18 or 19. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I did get to play Edwards Tavern. Okay, ETS. Well. Uh, before it closed down, and I heard that that was a pretty big venue in the '80s. Did you ever get to play E.T.s? No, no. no. Okay, I mean, there's so many in Melbourne, but um, yeah, that one definitely stuck out mm. with me. Um, so, as far as um, like road stories um, on the road, is, is there anything that really kind of sticks out in your mind as a, a kind of a wild, you know? As we wind down, because we're going to wind up here, but was there right. any 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 more um, any more stories floating around in the old noggin, Ricky Boy? Um
1: ones that I really can't say here. But <laughs> yeah, right. Um, there's heaps, but
0: oh god! Like, did I, you I, ever miss a flight or? Oh, that stuff happened all the time. Yeah. Um, the
1: fighting. Um, oh, are, in bands. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh uh, man. The singer. I the nick on that Les Paul up the top there. If you yes. lift lift up Les Paul and I You mean
0: the scratch on it?
1: Yeah. There's a big nick on the top there.
0: All right, let's I'm just
1: going over here to check out this Les Paul and see on the top there.
0: No, 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 no. Right there, Damn, on, the body, on the body. Oh, on the body. That. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like um, where you would rest your your arm. Yes. Um, when you're playing. The, and we're
1: looking at a uh, a flame top uh, flame 58 top. reissue here that yeah, I bought yeah, in yeah. 1993, and that guitar just turned 25 last week.
0: So, it is a beautiful guitar. Man. Mm. The flame to it is awesome. And so, how did that nick happen on the body of this instrument? I no? threw
1: it. I threw, <laughs> it at, I threw it at Pat. So while we were doing a show in Sydney, um, it was uh, he was pretending to. We'd worked out a new song, and he was <laughs> he was pretending he'd forgot the lyrics. And I knew he didn't forget the lyrics. But you know, uh, so I threw it at him. And that stuff used to always happen all the time with us. But I've just remembered a new story. Uh, uh, Sorry, not a new story. I've remembered a touring story. Ah, here we go. Right. So uh, we played the snow, uh, Mount Hotham, back... Oh, Jesus, this would have been in 1994, 95? Sure. And um, I remember us going up there, and um, it was frigging cold. (laughs) Not experiencing snow ever in my life. Yeah,
0: and this would have been pre-Beanie Rick, too. You oh, I had hair. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah.
1: no, I was wearing a beanie, but I had hair. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, quite long hair too. So, but uh, remember us? You know the the publican or whoever was at the bar. You know, asking is there a writer? <clears throat> and he said, "Yeah, you Just um, you can have you can have as much beer as you want or something. And um, somehow uh, Rob, our drummer, went up there and asked for a uh, a whiskey. Ah. And they didn't charge him for it, so we thought, "Oh, Ooh. okay, must mean spirits as well."
0: Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! This is going to be a Blues Brothers moment. I'm, I'm.
1: Well, we all got up there and just we were doing two. We did two sets, and by the end of the first one, we were lit <laughs> 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 and absolutely spastic, drunk and.
0: You weren't doing covers. This was an original. No, we
1: were doing. We did do some covers. But, okay, because
0: um, for two sets, yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, there was other,
1: Yeah, that's right. There was a couple of other bands there as well. And we Snow, they'd be
0: more like kind of party tunes. Oh no, we well, were in the nineties. You probably <clears you've throat> got away with it. Yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, um, and we were doing that, and they, they it was it was a good show from what I can remember. Yeah, yeah. And then we went back and um did the second one, and I can I have no memory of it. <laughs> <laughs> we were just lit. Um, oh gosh! But that's not the worst part of it. The worst part of it is the next day when we went to get paid. <gasps> oh right, no! Yeah, we ended up owing them about four hundred dollars. Oh, <laughs> oh
0: no! <laughs> 400 you guys must And have we been were drinking. stuck
1: there that's the thing right we were stuck there and cuz we had to play the whole weekend out and we were stuck there and um you know
0: <laughs> so that was the first gig and so then didn't you make the money back after yes, the next Yes, but
1: we didn't make anything. So because you had we to hardly had the, enough, yeah, the first night. Yeah, we hardly had enough petrol to get back home. To get so. back
0: home. Oh, man. Well, that's a great story to end on, man. That's yeah. fantastic. Um, that's can you it. tell um, the people out there um, where we can find your music online? Um, is permanently on The Verge still on iTunes? It surely would be Yeah, it there. is. And uh, yeah.
1: the Rick and Rainy album is on Spotify and all those streaming services. Oh, nice. And, um, yeah that's it yeah awesome so you man get that that's uh rick and Rennie album yeah. song people and yeah the permanent on the verge but yeah,
0: i remember shooting the video clip for that that was a lot of fun
1: yeah that's right you did too it was great yeah yeah, yeah. because uh Rennie and i are actually writing at the moment as is the song you just heard
0: so that's going to be on a, an upcoming release yes well i hope so we'll yeah get,
1: get a few more together that's uh i think we got about half a dozen songs yeah. nice so been writing hopefully get something out early next year with a bit of luck it's been a while since the last one about three years so
0: yeah it has been a while Mm. now ricky boy i know you've got a number of very very nice guitars in uh, the sound cave but uh, one in particular is the martin d35 do you think you could get that one out mate and play us a tune what do you say uh yeah i'll do a song Um, This is
1: called uh, Write You a Heartbreaker um, and it's off the first Rick and Renny album.
0: Thanks, Ricky Boy. That was awesome. No
1: worries. That
0: was all right. All right, Ricky Boy, thanks for uh, letting me into your, um, your, the, the sound cave here at um, Sackville Street. reminds me of one of my favorite all-time Rick Raleigh um, lyrics um, uh, from your uh, uh, debut album. Um, the irony of living next to Easy Street because we are right next to Easy Street here in Collingwood, right. aren't we? One yeah. street over. One street over, mate. Right. We're not on Easy Street. Um, but, I mean, who is on Easy Street, really, in this life? Um, maybe the Middletons or something like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Are they easy going easy? I'm not sure. All right, mate, thanks so much for talking right, to thank me. Thank you. Man. It's and, been good. Um, yeah, I'll see you out there on the road. Okay, mate. See you later. Bye-bye. Yeah, Well, there you go. That's the end of Art of Touring, the podcast, episode two. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you liked it, give it a, give the podcast a share on social media. Use the hashtag Art of Touring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And give us a follow at Art of Touring on Instagram and Twitter. Also, go and check out my band, Smokestack Rhino. We're on Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Twitter even our very own website, www.smokestackrhino.com. To keep up to date with our gigs, though, give us a like on Facebook, where all our touring dates will be uploaded as soon as they come in. If you'd like to get in contact with me, please uh, email me directly, uh, directly at artoftouring at gmail.com. Uh, maybe you'd like to come on the show. If you're a touring muso, then, yeah, uh, send me an email. You can listen to Art of Turing on multiple platforms, on SoundCloud, iTunes, and even on YouTube. Uh, that's all for this week. As I said last week, this may be a monthly show, but I had so much fun putting together the first episode. I'm going to try and make it a weekly show. Uh, it will just depend on how often I can sit down with the muso and uh, have a chat. So hopefully... Uh, When I'm playing a gig with multiple artists, I'll be able to record multiple shows in one day and then release them each week when there's downtime in my touring and playing schedule. Before I go, though, I do have a few shout-outs. Shout-out to Chris Wall, who designed the artwork for the show. You can follow him on Instagram at Mr. Wall spout Mr, and then W-A-H-L. Big thanks to my guest this week, Ricky Boy, Rick Rally. I do encourage you to download his debut album on iTunes. It has some seriously awesome music on there. So get around it. The album is called <laughs> Permanently on the Verge, and also his collaboration album, Called Song People. Search for Rick and Reenie. Reenie spelled R E N I E. The song he performed at the end of the show is called Write You a Heartbreaker, and that's definitely one of my f- favourites off that record. Now let's get into some plugs. My band, Smokestack Rhino, are playing in Melbourne at the Spotted Mallard on May the 12th for the Meltdown Festival alongside uh, Gay Paris, Child, Born Lion, um, some really great bands. Uh, so come along to that. Starts 2pm. Get down early to catch all the bands. Uh, and tickets are available through Mosh Ticks. The following week, my band is also playing up in Hillsville at the Herd Bar on Saturday the, May, the 19th. So head on over to the Smokestack Rhino Facebook page for all the details. That's all from me this week. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time for another episode of Art of Touring with the Sizz Dog. Ow, ow, ow! Remember this week, the art of touring was brought to you by air. Breathe it in! Uh.